0: What's up, guys? This is Mike. This is Dave, and you're listening to the Mike and Dave Podcast. Hello, everybody. This is Mike, and welcome to episode 62 of the Mike and Dave Podcast. Got a special episode, an annual episode, because we're doing our 2023 preseason NFL tier list. So, I guess, first of all, just to reflect on college football, hey, we are, af- we are past week one in the college football season. My Michigan Wolverines managed to take care of business against ECU. More impressively and more importantly, Dave's Florida State Seminoles were able to deliver a, what, what was more um, assuring in the second half, victory against number five LSU. They won't be number hey, five by the time you hear this.
1: It's not how you start, it's how you finish. One of those classic sports cliches. But realistically, though, that was a, a statement in that second half that Florida State is back, baby. So let's go. Um, definitely excited to see college football back, of course. But, of course, with the start of college football, that means that right around the corner is the start of the NFL season, which I'm also very excited about. Not because I think the that my team is going to be in the mix for a championship or anything, but... <laughs> just because spoiler. I enjoy watching NFL so so yeah so this is our our tier list
0: we do this every year so longtime fans of the podcast you'll know the drill but we're going to take all 32 NFL teams and break them into five tiers we have our Super Bowl favorites our Super Bowl contenders Super Bowl hopefuls Super Bowl long shots and no shots and within those tiers we'll rank them in order as well about so like, We'll go from the best team that still doesn't have a shot at the Super Bowl to the absolute worst team in the NFL. And we're going to go in order from 32 and work our way all the way up to one. We'll talk about each a little bit. It would be quite the undertaking to put out all of the information that we want to put out for this tier list in one episode. So we're not going to do that. We're going to give you two. We're going to release this first one as you're hearing it on Thursday. So if you're seeing that a uh, social media post a day early like what? Yeah, there really is an episode today. Obviously. And there will be another one in 2 days, Saturday, the day before all the Sunday games so that you'll be able to hear the second half of this tier list. So we're doing the first two tiers today on this episode and then the next three on Saturday's episode. But Dave, if you want to talk a little bit about like how listeners should like what what the listeners should do with the information that we're going to give
1: yeah for sure so i think the the important thing to note is that this is not a final standings prediction so we're not necessarily saying that our number 32 ranked team is going to end the year with the worst record in the league like it's not necessarily going to be the draft order in reverse order if that makes sense um, it's mostly just to give an idea of what these team's expectations should be coming into the season. So for our our no shots it's it's just not gonna happen this year for a myriad of reasons. It's they don't really have any chance at winning the Super Bowl this year. so it's whether that's rebuilding, whether that's um you know, just kind of aging roster that doesn't have much of a chance um, or really tough division, et cetera, et cetera. Um, long shots is in the name. We could potentially see a route to them doing it, but it's pretty unlikely and then obviously hopefuls like they come into the year and they're like maybe this could be our year. Maybe we can make something happen. You know, we're feeling pretty good about it. Contenders are kind of the expectation is that they should make it to the, you know, AFC championship game or the NFC championship game and then obviously the favorites at Super Bowl or bust and we always only put two, maybe three teams in the favorites because you can't have that many favorites. Um, So they're pretty evenly split for the most part. Um, Definitely fewer favorites and contenders than the rest, which I think makes sense. So without further ado, oh, I guess also we should mention we're not going to do any other of our normal segments as per usual. It takes a while to get through all of our, all 32 teams in the NFL and give a somewhat brief, Rundown of each, so we're we're gonna skip all the normal segments for today and just get right into it with our tier list. Uh, so, apologies if you were really looking forward to my fun facts because I know that you probably were. Next episode, I promise I'll come with a banger, but it's okay. I'll forgive you. Okay, I, Mike, I I was I wasn't really speaking to you, but I also like I understand that you. I'm sure that you are also looking forward to my fun facts every time. So I appreciate you know, that.
0: You weren't speaking to me, like, directly, but you spoke to me, like, inside, Okay, right? you, you, like, you felt that. You felt I, my message. I felt that, as the kids say. Okay. You know, I come into every episode recording just like, yeah, I'll spit some knowledge and whatever. But what I'm really here for at the end of the day is to hear Dave's fun fact. And I guess I'll wait another couple weeks to hear the next one. But that's okay, because it's tearless day yeehaw
1: for sure and like you said this is something we do every year and it's just a great way i think of getting a little preview and kind of getting a sense for each team going into the year especially if you haven't really been paying much attention you're listening to this and you're like what do i need to know we should be able to give you a a pretty hopefully succinct rundown of each team and and what the expectations should be so we're going to start off with number 32 and for the first time In podcast history, (laughs) we have not put the Houston Texans last in our tier list. So shout out to the Texans. We'll get to them a little bit later. Uh, But you're not last. So congratulations.
0: Instead, you've been growing up so fast,
1: (laughs) growing up so fast. Well, I mean, it's not going to be too long until we mention them. But, you know, (laughs) at least they're not at the bottom. Um, It's the Arizona Cardinals coming in at number 32. And this is a team a couple years ago that I think they, they got up to like 10 wins maybe or something like that. They had a really good start to the season. They kind of faded, but Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury, you know, uh, they had a lot going on, going for them. And really it's just kind of falling apart for the Cardinals Um, injuries, retirements, you know, JJ Watts, no longer there. Deandre Hopkins wasn't happy. They ended up just releasing him, which is crazy. And what they're left with is a roster that really is not going to be able to compete, I don't think, with the rest of the league. Um, and so the Cardinals are are coming in at the bottom of, of our tier list. They're starting Joshua Dobbs week one. When he just got in the building like a, a couple of weeks ago, they just released Colt McCoy, I guess because... <laughs> They were like, uh, he he might actually know the system well enough and be good enough to where we might actually win some games. So nah, let's just release him and let's just get another guy in here because why not? And then Josh Dobbs would just happen to be the guy. So yeah, pretty low expectations for the Cardinals this year. Defensively, it's just, it's going to be really bad. Other than Buda Baker, who has said that he, you know, wants to, wants to be traded um, and they haven't Acquiesce <laughs> to that so far. Um, they don't really have anybody to, uh, on defense that's going to scare you. And then offensively, like I said, you know, they released Hopkins. They still have Hollywood Brown. We'll see if he's moving on to, to Pastras new by the trade deadline. James Connor is still there, but I mean, league average running back at best offensive line, isn't great and uncertainty at the quarterback position with Kyler Murray uh, you know, recovering from his uh, um, with Kyler Murray recovering from his ACL surgery. I don't know, there's just not a whole lot of optimism in Arizona. I think they're just they they want to draft another quarterback, number one overall, potentially in Caleb Williams. So we'll just have to see.
0: Yeah. So I think this is our third time doing the tier list. So If you've heard any of the others, then you'll be used to this saying that comes up a few times every podcast, the drinking game. Uh, Quarterback situation. Yeah. So, yeah, starting Josh Dobbs. How fun. Uh, Zach Ertz has said that the transition has been, quote, seamless. Um, Yeah, I, I don't know if he's just like, maybe if I praise Josh Dobbs, he'll give me all the targets. So, fantasy? Uh, if you want like, to snag Zach Ertz, he might fill in at one of your tight end spots because apparently he just wants to absorb every Josh Dobbs pass for whatever that's worth.
1: Well, uh, maybe this is a bit of a stretch, <laughs> but when he said it's been seamless, I mean, tight ends do run a lot of seam routes and maybe Josh Dobbs has not been throwing it. To the seam, aka to Zach Ertz, which theoretically would mean it has been seamless so far. So maybe he's just like playing some some crazy mind game and fooling all all you know everybody into thinking it's actually going great when behind the scenes it was actually a, a really subtle insult at his new teammate.
0: Yeah, who knows? I mean <laughs> I'll took that
1: seriously. You're <laughs> like, you're just gonna completely yeah. discount it.
0: <laughs> No, (laughs) like, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like you said, the Cardinals may very well just be tanking for Caleb Williams, Uh, and that's quarterback situation in and of itself. Uh, When you take a guy who not too long ago was starting the season with MVP uh, questions, and now you're like, okay, maybe we get the number one pick, which makes me think, like, I wonder if there's a Cardinals... G like front office exec listening right now. That's like, you know, he's at the edge of his seat and we're starting the tier list and we're like, number thirty-two, Cardinals. And he's like, Yes. Yeah, that's what we like to hear. <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. what we wanted. Caleb Williams, come on. So if you're a Cardinals fan, I'm sorry, I guess. But like you might end up with Caleb Williams. Congrats. Um, yeah, that is That's the bottom of our tier list. Cardinals are not winning the Super Bowl this year. Moving on. It's still not the Texans. Look at that growth. Uh, It's the LA Rams. Um, First of all, let's just get this out of the way. Matthew Stafford is old. And now Cooper Cup is... uh, Yeah, he's not going to be at full swing. Let's just say that. And... We saw their team fall apart last year anyway. Like, it's crazy. They win the Super Bowl a few years ago, and ever since, it's just been like, okay, that that was it, you know? That that was their swan song, and now they're just, like, paddling for dear life.
1: Yeah, so the way that the Rams were constructing their team was trading all their draft picks away and signing, you know, trading for stars or signing stars in free agency, and that, that kind of... uh you know, strategy in the front office is not something that had really been seen much before. They got what they wanted, which was, which was a Super Bowl, but they kind of, it was unsustainable and it left them with barely any depth and really, you know, top heavy talent on, you know, on their roster. And so when Aaron Donald was struggling with some injuries, Cooper Cup was out, Matthew Stafford was struggling with some injuries as well um you know Jalen Ramsey's gone like all of, you know Odell for his contributions um in that super bowl like all these big name guys you know they're either old injury prone ineffective or out of the building like it's it just shows that i mean sure that they proved that it can lead to, you know, a one magical season where everything kind of comes together. But at the same time, it was never sustainable, and now we're starting to see the fallout of that. So, yeah, it, it's a shame about Cooper Cup, his injury, um, a re, you know, a recurrence of his hamstring strain. He's going, apparently going to go see a specialist and try to determine what the the root cause of the issue is. But it certainly seems like, the rams aren't going to put him in harm's way necessarily un- unless he's fully healthy because let's be honest they're not really trying to win a bunch of games this year and there's no risk you know or there's 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 no point in risking cooper cup's long-term health on what's already kind of looking like a lost season so for the um for the seahawks and for the 49ers they've got to be loving life in the NFC West because it wasn't that long ago that we were talking about the NFC West as potentially the best division in football. The Cardinals were up and coming with Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury, the Rams were, you know, what we were just talking about with all those stars, and then the Seahawks were were great with Russell Wilson, and the 49ers were, you know, up and coming as well. Um and you know made it to the Super Bowl and everything. So it used to be a really really good division. Now they have two the two bottom most teams in our no shot tier. Like what a what a fall from grace that is, but I mean the Seahawks and the 49ers don't care. They're they're loving it. because um, that's <laughs> that should be four easy wins combined uh this season for for those two teams.
0: I do have good news for you if you're a Rams fan. This year, you know, currently speaking, you do have the rights to your own 2024 first round pick. And this year seems like it's gonna be a great year to have that. So, I mean, we we're talking about the Caleb Williams race with uh with the Cardinals. I don't know how attached y'all are to the idea of Stetson Bennett being the guy moving forward, but if the answer is not very, then Caleb Williams might be in your future as well. Who knows? Funnily enough though, being that these two teams are in that same division, we will get not one, but two Toilet Bowl games this year where we see these two dumpster fire messes of teams facing off. So mark your calendars for that, I guess, if you like a sick joke.
1: Could we see a tie where neither of them wants to win? Like, nah, let's just call it.
0: (laughs) Clear the way for the worst box score in NFL history. But I guess aging Stafford Rookie Stetson Bennett out of the fourth round, maybe that counts as quarterback situation. It's just that often when I will say that, it's like that's the glaring issue for the Rams and the Cardinals, for that matter. It's that there are a handful of glaring issues. But hey, that's one of them. So if you are playing a drinking game with water, of course, on that phrase, there you go, drink up. Now at number 30, also quarterback situation in a different way. We have the Panthers with their very own number one overall draft pick, Bryce Young, who gets to debut against the Falcons. What a fun team to debut against. I <laughs> you mean, know, lucky guy. Yeah. I mean, it's not a bad
1: first matchup for him. It, although the Falcons' defensive line is definitely, and honestly, every level of their defense is probably better than it has been recently. So we'll see. But yeah, I mean, the Panthers. Obviously Bryce Young is is the the big name. We'll see how he does. I think he has potential, obviously. You know, we we liked him, you know, in the draft. I, I thought he was probably worthy of the number one overall pick, although Will Anderson, I I do quite like his his former teammate at Alabama, of course. But yeah, I I think the Panthers at number thirty, it's a little harsh because it's it is a bad division. And I could see it kind of being a bunch of teams, you know, kind of being in that six and 11 range or or, or so. Um, but I just think the the overall talent of this roster is still lacking a bit. They have a, a few bright stars. I mean, Brian Burns, of course, um, at defensive end, he's one of the better pass rushers in the league. But realis- realistically speaking, they don't have too many playmakers Besides that, you know, Adam Thielen, he provides experience, but his best days are behind him, uh, you know, in Minnesota. So I don't know how much we'll see from him. And then, you know, Miles Sanders, you've heard us talk on this podcast before about we don't really believe too much in his ability to continue, you know, being successful now that he's behind that Panthers offensive line instead of the Eagles offensive line. So honestly, that is just... That those combination of factors just led us to to put them down at number thirty. I could definitely see them, you know, not being the third worst team in football this year, but no shot. I think is a pretty safe bet.
0: If you look over the last like five six years, uh, at the end of their seasons, like oh, who's really been producing on the offensive end? There are really two players, and those have been Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore, both of whom are gone. So you you get Bryce Young, you get him without the star receiver, yeah. And then you the running back you give him is one that, like you said, we don't really believe in. I think he'll be f- he'll be fine, like in terms of his individual stats for a rookie. But this team's not winning the Super Bowl. They're not. They are in what is probably the weakest division in the NFL right now. Uh we had a fun time placing those teams in this tier list. I'll just say that right now. But yeah, a few good players aside, the Panthers are not just are just not built to really compete at this time. Speaking of speaking speaking of, <laughs> we've got the Colts quarterback situation but i'm just gonna say it for every team i don't care if it's the chiefs quarterback situation it's good i don't know um they're starting don't do that <laughs> i'm not <laughs> they're okay they're starting anthony richardson also a rookie a bit more of a uh a project um can't exactly say that his preseason was incredibly convincing um this is interrupting their line of signing and then starting these like when i say seasoned veterans i mean like with way too much seasoning like you know you went to put the black pepper on it and like the, the top of the container fell off and then it's like oh there's black pepper all over this yet yeah, these quarterbacks have been like age 36 and up for like two years and then it was carson wentz who if you know anything about this podcast you know that i think he's trash uh the colts are interrupting that trend to start anthony richardson who is probably going to struggle out of the gate you got jim irsay like doing whatever he can to make himself sound and look like an idiot like oh the the nfl doesn't need jonathan taylor like they'll They'll, the NFL will be fine without him and so I'm not going to pay him and so now they're starting the season with their star running back on the pup list uh, he wants to get out they don't want to do anything to make him happy which means they don't want to do anything to make their fans happy because the fans would either see him traded to get something out of him or or you know more preferably actually pay and use this star running back uh, they're not interested in doing that Uh <laughs> I feel like those two pieces alone, I mean, you can talk more about the rest of their roster, but quarterback, it's going to be rough from the jump running back. They don't want to play their good one. Like those are like the two, you know, your offense or your offensive playbook is primarily run or pass, right? (laughs) That's pretty much two options. And neither of them look very good right now. Like how much production do you expect to get when that's, your formula, like going into week one.
1: Well, yeah. And then obviously we talk a lot about the importance of offensive and defensive lines here and their offensive line just severely underperformed last year. I'm not really sure exactly what happened because they were great before that. So obviously with a guy like Anthony Richardson and you're starting Dion Jackson, probably at running back, you're going to, you would need a really good offensive line to give, you know, Richardson time to open up some holes for your running game. And I don't really, I don't, I have no idea what to expect out of their offensive line this year. Maybe that they, they'll improve. I mean, they certainly talent wise, they should improve from what, where they were last year, but yeah, it's, it's not looking great. If you're on that roster and you're seeing this whole situation play out with Jonathan Taylor and the, in the owner, you're like, I, I don't know what this season is going to look like. Like, it's, it's gotta be bad for morale and, you know, it's just, it's not looking like it's going to be the Colts here. It really isn't. Um, so, so yeah, I, I'm anticipating a, a pretty bad season from the Colts overall. And I think they're kind of prepared for that in a way, you know, starting Anthony Richardson from week one, there are going to be some growing pains. I'm sure he'll have some, some, you know, highlight runs and deep bombs, That'll connect and, and, and everything, and he'll show his potential. But in terms of actually getting results and you know playing winning football, I'm not sure if that's going to be quite there just yet. But yeah, I think it's definitely a, a year of transition and turmoil for the Colts. So moving on to number 28, we finally have the Houston Texans. You You, you knew that they weren't going to be too far from the bottom, <laughs> but I do have to give them some credit. You know, they drafted C.J. Stroud to be their QB1. Um, He's going to have the chance to, you know, to have the ball here, um, I guess, when you're listening to this in just a couple days. So I'm excited to see what he can do. Uh, You know, the Texans are still building up their roster. They're, you know, they're still gaining experience. And with, you know, new head coach D'Amico Ryans, I do really like him. I think he's going to be a really solid coach for them. I think defensively they're gonna be a lot better than they have been in years past, because that's D'Amico Ryan's. He's a defensive-minded head coach. So I expect them to be a lot better in that area. Um, so hopefully that that'll keep them in in games a little bit more. Um and you know, CJ Stroud won't be asked to do as much right off the, the jump. Um, I do wanna point out that so we this is the fifth team that we've been talking about, and three out of the five are starting rookie quarterbacks. So it's one of those things where, like, yes, you want to get, you know, that prized rookie at number one overall or in the top 10 or whatever. That does not mean that the next season you're going to be in a position (laughs) to where you can just plug in your quarterback and then it's just going to be a great season. Like, that's usually not ever going to be the case. There's definitely still a learning curve both for the quarterback and just for the rest of the roster. If you're in a position to draft that, that high, the rest of your roster is probably not going to be as good. So yeah, I mean the Texans, like I just said, they're still trying to, to add to their roster and add experience, not a whole lot of weapons for Stroud to work with either, but I do think that they should improve, uh, you know, on last season and because of the trades that they made, they're really hoping that Willie Anderson and C.J. Stroud are going to be, you know, the, the major franchise building blocks on offense and defense. Because the Cardinals, they've got the Texans' first uh first round pick. So, the Texans really have no, um, no reason to tank whatsoever. So, they're going to try to win as many games as possible. And I think that they might surprise some people.
0: Hey, I would love to see it. I also like D'Amico Ryan's. Uh they went ahead and paid the big fella uh, Laramie Tunzel, which thank you, you know, like you draft rookie quarterback, you sign his protection to a big deal. Love it. Um so offensive line, some weak spots, but there's also Laramie Tunzel. Uh I can't say how, I can't say enough how much I love the trade that they made for Will Anderson. If I'm a Texans fan, and I'm going, okay, we don't have our pick this year coming up, but we have Will Anderson and uh, C.J. Stroud, love that. Absolutely love it. This is a guy that we were saying was probably the best player in the draft going into it, and they walked away with that, and hopefully their new franchise quarterback, phenomenal. Uh, Damian Pierce and Devin Singletary should be at least a decent like supportive running back room. Uh I wouldn't expect them to be like all pros or anything, but like compared to Miles Sanders, I'd I'd take the Texans running backs uh to give CJ Stroud a good um bit of secu- bit of security there. Like I just I like the Texans offensive line or sorry. I like the Texans offensively more than I do the Panthers and that might just breed more success for C.J. Stroud anyway. Um, nonetheless, they've climbed up the ladder on our no-shots category of our tier list, but that doesn't mean like all the good things we just said doesn't mean they're getting out of that category. They're still, like you can bank on they're not winning the Super Bowl this year. So, you know, do with that what you will. Um, at 27, we have the Raiders. Jimmy Garoppolo's Raiders. Uh, so... My brain just turned off. on. <laughs> you want me to go? Uh, yeah, go for it, because I'm going to try and find the stat that I was thinking about. Okay.
1: So, this offseason, one of the biggest... Uh, Topics, hot topics, has been about running backs and their contracts, and they finally ended up figuring it out with Josh Jacobs. He was holding out, weren't sure if he was going to play. He ended up signing for for this year and this year only. I'm expecting to to see him really ball out and have a a great year, and show that he is worth being paid, however much. Um, So I'm sure the Raiders are happy to have him. Um, but other than that, I mean, this is a great example of a team where you have some really elite talent. I mean, like I said, Jacobs and then Devontae Adams is still probably top five receiver in football, maybe even top three. So that's great. But once again, the offensive line, it's, it's just not going to cut it. Unfortunately, Jimmy G, I mean, we've seen before, he's not going to be the guy who's going to elevate your roster. He's going to be the guy who's like, hopefully your roster is pretty good because he's just going to be average. And that's what I'm expecting this year. And then defensively, Max Crosby is really the only X factor on that defense. And he has continuously improved or improved every single year. And it's been really impressive to, to watch him play. But yeah, the rest of that defense is trash. It has been for years. There, there's no secrets there. The Raiders defensively have been terrible for quite a few years now. I don't see that changing. And Josh McDaniels, I honestly, if I was him, I just never would have left New England. Like it just, I just don't <laughs> believe in his ability to be, uh, you know, an effective head coach at the NFL level. And you know, the Raiders don't don't seem like a team that's really ready to contend anytime soon. Which is why they're in the no shot category. Uh, not to mention the fact that being in the same division as the the Chargers and the Chiefs is pretty tough. So, yeah, all that to say, Raiders maybe next year, but probably not.
0: Yeah, this is a team that went six and eleven last year with four overtime games, which you know they went five hundred in those overtime games. But you take a team that was not very convincing. Well. Convincingly bad, uh, for the most part, didn't really add much to their roster. Uh, They go from Derek Carr to Jimmy G. Like, of course they're in the no shot. Like, you mentioned the Chiefs and Chargers, they're also in the same division as the Broncos, who who we have yet to mention. This is going to be a fairly consistent theme that we bring up with our tier list. The division matters, you know. Like, you look at the NFC South, and. One of these teams by default has to win this division, and when you win your division, you're in the playoffs. Which means, you know, it theoretically we have to have at least one team from every division outside of the no shot category because at least one of them will make the playoffs. Um, but when you're stuck in a really difficult division like the Raiders, mm-hmm. who by the way, don't exactly have a roster to brag about anyway. We're looking at like, okay, there's six games here against these difficult teams. All of whom we see is better than you anyway. Not to mention you have to walk away from the season with a better roster than at least, or sorry, not to mention you have to walk away from the season with a better record than basically all of them, unless you're snatching a wild card. It's just the Raiders really don't, I mean, our category is aptly named. They don't have a shot at making it out of this division. Uh, like say what you will. If you're like, oh, well, you're gonna mention an NFC South team later on, and the Raiders have a better roster. I don't care because they're not gonna make the playoffs anyway. It, it just felt like now was as good a time as any to mention that like divisional element that's gonna be at play with the tier was.
1: Hmm. Yeah. So, moving on to number twenty six, a team that really is not familiar with this side of the standings, uh, not in quite some time. That's the Aaron rodgers list Green Bay Packers <laughs> with Jordan Love at quarterback. And I got to be honest, I'm not sure how this is going to go because if Aaron Rodgers did not have a great season last year, then I don't understand how Jordan Love is going to have a great season this year considering... His weapons are pretty much the same. Uh actually, he ha- he has less weapons to work with than Aaron Rodgers did. So it's I think it's gonna be a tough year for the Packers. I think they'll still probably be competitive just because um they have decent coaching there. The defense should still be decent. Uh it's just when you when you go from a surefire Hall of Famer to an unproven guy who has been average at best in you know, scarce amount of playing time since he's been in Green Bay. I do not see this being a same like, oh, Brett Favre is out. Here's Aaron Rodgers have a situation. <laughs> I see it more like, <laughs> nope, this is just not working. So, yeah, the Packers, they've been gr- great for a really long time. Maybe they haven't completely finished the job, but they've been in the playoffs pretty much every year. I don't see that happening this year, even with the North not being the best division. There are still a couple of teams, you know, the lions and the Vikings still look pretty good. And we have yet to mention the bears as well. So we're looking at the Packers kind of, you know, being the worst team in that division this year, which is a stark contrast to what we've seen in the past. So it is what it is. It's a transition year for them, but, uh, yeah, it's it's gonna be tough.
0: Yeah, I mean they'll be looking at their pass catchers, you got Christian Watson, speed kills, but if you're a Packers fan, you gotta be hoping Jaden Reed, uh, your rookie, comes out and can immediately produce. Same with their tight end, Luke Musgrave. You know, like you got aging uh, David Bakhtiari out there. Um, and then.
1: Well, maybe if he actually can be healthy enough to be out there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> True. Yeah, okay. Aging Bakhtiari out there. Maybe. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, we could have just kind of stopped after Aaron Rodgers, but like, nothing really inspires much optimism here. And yeah, for the first time they should be at the bottom of that division which coming from someone who likes the Lions you know good to see it it's been a long time coming right to the no shots Mm -hmm. Um, also a uh, a new face to the no shot category at number 25 that's the New England Patriots you know we can only go so many times where we say uh, it's Bill Belichick they have at least a, a long shot right uh, i don't think this is the year for that like first of all look at their division we've got the bills i'm it's not even a spoiler to say like the patriots are the lowest team but you already know the bills are going to be pretty high up on this tier list right the dolphins you know they're gonna be pretty high up, right? The Jets—they just got Aaron Rodgers. Like, it's kind of like what we were saying with the Raiders. Like, this should empirically be the worst team in this division, without like, without much uh, question mark to that. Like, how many divisional games do you expect this team to win? One, two, steal a third. That—that's five hundred at best in their division. And then there's the non-divisional opponents that they have to get through. You already know these other three teams are, to varying extents, going to take care of business. And the Patriots are going to get taken care of. Like, without even looking at the roster, I know that this is not going to be as successful a season as at least two of these other teams. They're they're not sniffing the playoffs just by virtue of the teams around them being way better than them.
1: Yeah. And... I mean, I'll I'll just go ahead and say it. Since Tom Brady left, they haven't really had much of a chance. Like, we put them in long shots the past couple of years because, you know, the Belichick factor, like Mac Jones did have a good rookie year, you know, but it just hasn't really panned out. I don't know what they were thinking with having, like, Matt Patricia be a, a like, offensive coordinator slash but like not actually an offensive coordinator. Finally they they brought in an actual offensive mind and Bill O'Brien. <laughs> so I do expect them to be better offensively this year. Uh Ramondre Stevenson, um Ezekiel Elliott. I mean in short yardage situations, Zeke can still be effective. And Ramondre Stevenson is a, a pretty solid back. Um You know, their offensive line is at least going to be decent because it's the Patriots. Uh, And they have some weapons. I mean, Juju went there. Devontae Parker, maybe he'll get back to, you know, or live up to his potential. We'll see about that. Um, And, you know, Mac Jones, like I mentioned before, I feel like he's going to have a bit of a bounce back here. I don't see him, you know, being a pro bowler or anything, but surely he'll be better than he was last year. And they'll put him in into situations where they're gonna, you know, make it a lot easier for him to just get some easy completions, get his confidence up. Uh, whereas before they were asking him to do way too much, I think, and with guys who were who struggled to get open. So that's going to be tough defensively. You know, they'll at least be sound because it's the Patriots and, and Belichick, but they don't have nearly as many. Um, you know, big names, guys who can really make game-changing plays on that defense. So it's just going to be tough for them to to stick in a lot of these games. And like you said, the division's tough. So unfortunately for the Patriots, I don't. We don't think that there's any shot of them winning the Super Bowl this year. So we've got two more teams left in the no shots. We've got the Commanders at number twenty-four.
0: Yeah, the Washington Commanders quarterback situation, man. Uh, Sam Howell. That's going to be the starter. Uh, I mean, at least, like, Jacoby Brissett, like, has experience. It's going to be one of the better backups, but Sam howell has got to be, like, the bottom tier of your starting quarterbacks in the NFL. I don't... The weapons in Terry McLaurin, uh, Curtis Samuel, excuse me, uh, Jahan Dotson, like, decent receiver room. Uh... Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson, decent running backs. Uh, <laughs> the quarterback situation is tricky. Also, not a huge fan of that offensive line that will be quote unquote protecting them. Um, like, that's got to be bottom half, bottom third of the league in terms of offensive line uh, production. Pro Football Focus has uh, the commanders ranked as the fifth worst offensive line going into. Um, into this season so suspect quarterback play suspect offensive line like at the end of the day like even if the weapons are decent you're not giving a lot of time or protection to those weapons it's gonna be hard for them to get going uh the defense is pretty much always hit hit or miss you know sometimes they'll mess around have a decent defense and then we're like okay defense should be good and then it's then we say that and then we turn around and watch the games and then they're trash so- yeah
1: well I think the defensive line is always good it's just the back end and the linebackers that let them down I mean if you're going to be building a defense I think you you have to start with the defensive line and they have that it's almost like maybe they could sacrifice one of those defensive linemen and just add a really good corner or a really good you know, linebacker or, or something to balance it out a bit more, because, you know, if, if the defensive line doesn't get home, they're going to be able to knife through that defense and really pick them apart. And that's, that's, what's tough about, about, you know, facing the commanders. is like, if you can manage to protect your quarterback, like he's going to be able to find weaknesses in that defense. So yeah, I think the commanders like, they also have a tough division. I know we're talking about that a lot, but I re- I really do think it's it's very important uh, when you're talking about you know ranking teams and and kind of predicting where they're going to finish. And you know the Eagles, the Giants, like the Cowboys, they're all going to be better than the Commanders this year, I think. And if you're the fourth team in a division of four, you have no shot. So the Commanders come in at number 24. Now rounding out our no-shots category, we have the Chicago Bears. And it, this is a little tough because I do really like watching Justin Fields play. I mean, last year, I th- I think he was one of the most electrifying players in football. Um, you know, over a 1,000 yards as a runner. Showed, you know, some strides being made uh, passing-wise as well. They did trade for DJ Moore, which is obviously a big deal. Finally, they... They have a, a decent receiver other than Darnell Mooney to throw to. And, you know, DJ Moore is a really high quality option. So I am excited to see, you know, if that connection can can continue to blossom with the two of them. But at the end of the day, it's still not a roster that's going to be able to compete for the playoffs this year, I don't think. Um, even if Justin Fields takes a big step up, the guys around him just aren't quite there. The offensive line we've been talking about for years as being terrible. Um, Justin Fields got sacked, I think, more than any other quarterback in the league last year, and that's just not going to be able to continue. Part of that is Justin Fields with trying to make a play and holding on to the ball too long, but also it's just the fact that the offensive line is not doing their job and not protecting their quarterback, and that's a really tough thing for, for a young quarterback when you have an offensive line that's not giving you enough time, and then you don't have weapons who are able to create separation. So DJ Moore should hopefully help with that. Hopefully the offensive line can hold up a little bit more. Uh, But overall, like I said, I just don't think that they have enough talent. Um, They have improved, I think, enough to where we were considering putting them in the long shot. But at the end of the day, I think that they're maybe one year away from that. And if they continue to see some development out of their young players, then maybe we, we might see them take a, a little bit of a jump. But I think for now they they just remain just at the top of that no shots category.
0: Yeah, I mean, their offensive line is bad. Yeah, uh, like you said, most sacks allowed. Um, I think I think four out of five of their starting offensive linemen going into this season. Are new or at least new at that position. Like, um, got a couple of players that have changed positions. They drafted Darnell Wright, which I like the draft pick, by the way. Uh, then they're bringing back second year Braxton Jones. Like, he was fine. Um, but, like, this offensive line was bad last year, and we're going to find out if it's for better or worse that they've made a bunch of changes to it. But all, all that's to say they don't have a ton of, like, consistency to build upon you know it's not like okay we're all just coming back we're gonna do the same thing we just did but do it better there's a lot of learning there um though i do like what you said you know dj Moore giving luke Getze a new toy to play with in that offense to scheme around but i expect the bears to show some signs of improvement but that doesn't mean i expect them to be fighting in the playoffs
1: Mm mm-hmm I do want to mention one more thing before we move on to the long shots. You know, obviously the Bears lost Roquan Smith last year uh, to the Ravens. That was a really big blow. But they ended up signing Tremaine Edmonds, which is not a bad replacement as far as that's concerned. So I am excited to see how Edmonds does there after a few years with the Bills. But that's still not going to be enough, defensively speaking. There's just not going to be enough there. Um, for them to compete, but I did think that you know, at least they they were able to replace that production a bit. So now, into the long shots we go. At number twenty-two, the Tennessee Titans just barely making it the longest of the long shots. Um, and really, I think this comes down to a, a, a few factors. Um, first of all, they drafted Will Levis. In the second round, before that, they drafted Malik Willis. Um, they've got both of those guys backing up Ryan Tannehill, who might be over the hill at this point. He's thirty-five years old. Uh, he's he's just not quite as good as he was, you know, two, three years ago. Whenever it was, when he was having actually a pretty good season, and the Titans were, um, you know, beating teams in the playoffs. Derrick Henry, it's going to be tough. I mean, he's 29 years old, he's... Which is like
0: 50 in running back (laughs) years.
1: Right? Like, he's been balling out year after year, proving to be pretty durable for the most part, taking, you know, hit after hit after (laughs) hit. I know he's out there working in the gym, I know he's working his butt off, making sure that he's ready for the season and that he can continue to handle the load for them, but... I mean, whether it's by chance or, uh, you know, it's just he's just going to be too old. Like, at some point, the train is just going to stop running, and that's really unfortunate because we love watching Derrick Henry play. But I think that they they can't just keep continuing to ride him for all he's worth. So it's going to be tough for the Titans, I think. Uh, because they don't have any of these other weapons to go to, uh, other than DeAndre Hopkins, who is a question mark in and of himself. Talent wise, he's still probably a top ten receiver, but availability wise, we're not sure what we're going to get from him. Whether it's been by suspension or by injury, he has not had, you know, the kind of full productive season um, that we came to expect from him in the last you know, couple years. He's getting older. Uh, he's 31 now. His game was never really built on speed, so I think that he could potentially have a good year, but at the same time, like I don't expect the Titans' offense to be explosive in any sense of the word. And his quarterback isn't going to be great. Not to mention the offensive line. It's not going to be great either. Uh, and I'll let Mike talk a little bit more about that. But it's just the titans i think the coaching staff wise they're great you know they have some solid pieces it's just they don't have quite enough um enough playmakers enough depth enough star power to where i think they they're really going to be able to overcome um you know kind of the the absence of depth and um you know i think other teams have kind of caught up to them and passed them in their division and just in general in the AFC.
0: Yeah. I mean, a few years ago, this team had one of the better offensive lines in the NFL and my, how things have changed because last year there were some, uh, well, some dog shit offensive lines in the NFL, like the bears that we were talking about a minute ago, but the Titans may very well have been the dog shittiest of those dog shitty offensive lines. And they project to be again, like, by the season's end, Peter Skoronsky, rookie, with with his famously tiny arms or whatever, uh, could very well be the best player on this offensive line. Ben Jones, gone. Taylor Lewan gone. I mean, first of all, good luck in that lawsuit. Or you're, I don't know if you've seen that, but his whole like, oh yeah, this surgeon ruined my career because I'm in pain every day. That's sad. Um, but yeah, Derrick Henry is a beast. You already know. I take every opportunity to praise Derrick Henry, but obviously a big part of his elite production for a lot of his career has come from running behind a at the very least good offensive line. And now he's running behind well, a wet paper bag. Like he may as well like literally take a paper bag and just like kind of hold it out in front of him and that's kind of his offensive line. Um so his production I expect to dip in addition to his age and just by sheer like i don't know by sheer probability like at some point like from the running back you expect the hits to add up and this might be the year for that and the quarterback play is not is going to be far from good <laughs> um like they do have the benefit of being the third AFC South team that we've mentioned <laughs> So, like, you know, we we talk about long shots. We expect them to be better than the Texans and the Colts, and I don't think that's exactly a hot take. And that means, like, at the end of the day, they have a shot at winning the division still, uh, or at least stealing enough games to be in the running for a wild card, which puts them in the hunt. So we can't say they don't have a shot, but take note that this is the bottom of our long shots this is as close you can get to not having a shot as possible without being in that tier i think that's important to keep in mind with like managing expectations for the titans this year like they were this close which i understand is a visual cue that i'm using on a podcast but you you can imagine that i'm putting my fingers very close together they're that close to being a no shot so do with that you know take that for what it's worth
1: Okay, so next we have the return of the NFC South and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, who for a few years were, you know, m- more if not the favorites than co favorites, I guess, with the Saints. Um we have them third in the division as of now. Uh Baker Mayfield a quarterback. I, I can't say I'm expecting too too much, but he does have. Uh, you know, a solid offensive line, solid pair of receivers to throw to. So he does have that going for him. I mean, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, one of the better one-two punches in the league at wideouts. So they do have that going for him. Um, defensively, they still have some of the the holdouts from, you know, their Super Bowl victory. Um, you know, really great linebackers in Devin White, Levante David, um, you know, and then Vita Vea holding down the interior there, Shaq Barrett rushing the passer. Like they have some decent pieces for sure. Um, I just don't think that it's one of those things where like they have, it's kind of that aging roster of they kind of have their moment. They're just not quite as bad as the Rams uh, where they still have enough players that are at least like replacement level to where I think they have a really realistic chance of, winning the division if everything breaks right which is it'll be tough to do but they have just a little bit more in areas and you know they have a few more players you can really make a difference so that's why they're in the long shots I don't expect them to realistically challenge for the NFC South title but you know I've been wrong before uh so we'll see. But yeah, NFC South is going to be a pretty tricky one to predict. And you know, you'll know you kind of see where we came up or where we ended up coming out with our, uh, our predictions for it here in a second. But yeah, the Buccaneers coming in at number 21 towards the end of the long shots.
0: One thing you can count on for the season, barring an injury, should be Mike Evans' another 1,000-yard receiving season. I mean, that's one of those things to me where it's like, Eventually, that has to end, right? Like you can't just have like a twenty year career and get a thousand yards every season, but I'm sure is shit not gonna be the one to call it like, oh, this is the year, you know, I don't want to be like the max Kellerman Brady Cliff, you know all that shit so until I'm proven otherwise, I'll just here we go, Mike Evans, thousand yards here we go. um I'm really interested in seeing how Rashad White does. Uh, he did okay on limited touches last season. I mean, fifty catches, uh, for just under three hundred yards, about five and a half, six yards a catch. Also, about four yards a carry, uh, on his about one hundred thirty carries. Eh. <laughs> you know, it's not amazing. It's not like horrendous either. Uh, interestingly enough to me, like a fifth of his carries were for first downs, and now he'll be the feature back. So. Maybe with some more opportunity, he can have a breakout season. It's something to be on the lookout for. But there is a world in which everything goes right for the Buccaneers. They stay healthy. Baker Mayfield has a good season. Um, I mean, he's had good seasons in the past, and the Buccaneers would be one of the better rosters that he's been on. Um, so it's possible. it's it's not super likely, but mm-hmm. there is a world in which it turns right. and so for that reason, long shots but towards the bottom of it.
1: So I did want to give a stat about Mike Evans, I thought was interesting. So nine straight years he's ha- had a thousand yards to start his career which is the first player in NFL history to do so. And actually, he's third in NFL history for most 1,000-yard seasons, behind only Jerry Rice and Randy Moss. And Randy Moss had 10. Jerry Rice had 14. So if he does it this year, then he'll be tied for second all-time in 1,000-yard seasons, which is kind of crazy if you think about it because of how many great receivers there have been in the league. And he's arguably been one of the most consistent receivers we've ever seen in the NFL. So I really don't think he gets enough credit. The Buccaneers have not given him a new contract, which he's set a deadline, you know, by week one of the regular season, he wants a new deal or he's going to be entering free agency next year. And it it seems like they're probably not going to come to an agreement. So Mike Evans could potentially be playing for a new team next season. And honestly, it might not be the worst thing for him because I don't know if Baker Mayfield did. So we'll just have to see. But I did want to give a shout out to him because that is kind of a, a crazy stat of how consistent he's been.
0: So yeah, that is crazy. Yeah. By the way, it is Monday, September 4th, Labor Day, when we're recording this. So if you're listening and you're like, what do you mean? Mike Evans signed a deal yesterday. Uh This is past Mike here saying we don't know that yet. But by the time this comes out, if that has happened, we will know it then. But just note that this information is all coming from three days before the first game of the season.
1: Yeah, for sure. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and say number 20 and number 19 at the same time. Uh, Because at number 20, we have New Orleans Saints. And number 19, we have the Atlanta Falcons. So that wraps up the NFC South. Uh, the highest being at number nineteen, and yes, we did put the Falcons above the Saints. Why did we do that? Well, to quote Mike, "Let's be homers," is what he said when I was like, "Should we put? I mean, should we put the the Saints above the Falcons? They probably have like a better chance, you know." Whatever. He's like, "Now nah, let's just be homers. Let's just let's just put him above them." And I was like, "You know what?" Fine. I'm fine with that. So I don't know if the Falcons are actually going to win the division this year. I would honestly probably be surprised if they did, but we think it's close enough to where we ranked the Falcons, the Saints and the Bucks back to back to back because we really are not quite sure what's going to happen in this division because none of them are great. Um, You know, the Saints probably are the easiest pick because they have the most, returning talent, as well as the best quarterback in the division in Derek Carr. Uh, Of course, it is going to be a new offense, a new system. We're not sure exactly how it's going to look, but realistically speaking, they probably have the best roster from top to bottom. It's just, they're kind of old and they are probably only a year or two away from having to almost totally deconstruct that roster. Um, whether it's because guys are ineffective or they're retiring or whatever. Uh, So the Saints, they have a a lot of incentive to go for it this year, which is part of the reason why they brought Derek Carr in. So I could see them definitely making a push and coming in first in the division. But with the Falcons, like they finally had enough money to sign some good free agents and not just use replacement level players or honestly below replacement level players in a lot of different positions because of their cap situation in the past few years. So they finally had some money. They let it fly. Um, and I think for the most part, they did a pretty good job with their free agent signings. I mean, Jesse Bates to me is a big standout at safety. Um, great, great player for the Bengals the past few seasons. I'm excited to see what he can bring to the back end of our defense. Um, Calais Campbell, I know that he's old. <laughs> And he's not going to, it's not prime Calais Campbell that we're getting, but I think, you know, his experience, his versatility, his ability to come in and, and do a great job against the run and and still, you know, rush the passer pretty well. I mean, he's still a huge hulking man. Like he's still going to be able to have his way with, you know, some offensive tackles. So I'm looking forward to seeing him play David on as well. I'm looking forward to to seeing on that defensive line. And you know, it's it's one of those things where uh you know, the Falcons defense has been bad for a long time. I think that they realistically should be a lot better this year. I I'm expecting that to be the case. And I I think we have we finally have some players that can make the difference and make you know more of those game-changing plays creating turnovers so i'm excited about that and you know i'll i'll let mike talk more about the falcons offense and everything i don't want to steal all of the the good talking points for our favorite team but but yeah i, I do think it's going to be really close between the falcons the saints potentially the buccaneers as well for the division and that kind of makes them all long shots because realistically any of them could win the division this year
0: yeah i mean we very strategically put these three teams together basically just to shade the panthers i guess (laughs) like the division's up in the air unless you're in carolina um as for the homerism i like to think that we both do well to like distinguish you know i like this player or i like this team and this team or player is good or this team or player is gonna win you know like I feel like we do a good job of making that distinction pretty clear. But if we need a tiebreaker between the Saints and the Falcons and the winner gets the, the honor of being the 19th most likely team to win the Super Bowl <laughs> instead of the 20th, it seems pretty like harmless to go and say Falcons, you know? Yeah. Um, so there's that defense. If you're a Saints fan, like, how dare you? This is how dare we. Okay. So chill um basically just like addressing the haters in my head apparently need to wear shades or something while i record this um looking at the falcons though yeah love the free agent signings um all three of the ones you mentioned and bud dupree he is 30 so like he's sitting on the hill um he is a few years removed from that double digit sack season but still a nice solid addition. should come in start right away um I mean, probably, right? Like, uh, he and Lorenzo Carter should make an interesting pairing there. Um, Looking back at the offense, though, like, we drafted Bijan. Like, come on, we're going to use him. And this is after having a 1,000-yard season from Tyler Algier. We still have Cordero Patterson, um, who can be utilized in a multitude of ways. Um, We'll be starting Desmond Ritter. And that interests me. Um, I know you and I have talked a lot about this, like, off, I was going to say off camera, Um, not recording. But, you know, what, what do we do? What do we look at for the 2024 draft? Do we look at a quarterback? And this is really Desmond Ritter's opportunity to show, like, no, you shouldn't draft a quarterback because I can be the guy. Or it can be the time where he says, okay, this was horrible. This is why you need to draft a quarterback in 2024. But while we did put the Falcons as long shots, this is kind of a time where their like expectations are just kind of like, meh, you know, whatever. So it's not like Ritter's under enormous pressure to go in and win right away. We can see what he's got. And if what he's got is not much, we have what must be the best backup in the NFL in Taylor Heineke. Like, unless there's someone escaping my mind, I don't know who would be a better backup than him. Um, he has good we- a couple good young weapons to throw to in Drake London and Kyle Pitts. Hopefully, Kyle Pitts can uh, overcome his end zone allergy because holy cow! But we have a, a an improving offensive line. Chris Lindstrom becoming the highest paid guard in the NFL. Um, Jake Matthews he's not as bad as as the bad seasons he's had Caleb McGarry improving
1: yeah I mean Jake Matthews I feel like he's been a league average left tackle for a long time which isn't a bad thing necessarily I feel like he gets a bad rap but like he's not bad he's just not elite and he's not great and he was overpaid at the time um, that's all. I am excited to see Matthew Bergeron. I think he's probably going to end up filling that left guard spot for us, so I'm excited to see him. I think he could end up being a good player, and you're talking about Ritter. I mean, the Falcons are probably going to be the most run heavy offense in the NFL. You don't need a, a great quarterback in that kind of system. Hopefully, they're going to be able to you know, open up a lot of opportunities for Kyle Pitts and Drake London um, and the play-action game, um, you know, and and create some, some pretty easy throws for Ritter. So we'll see. It's It looks decent on paper. We know that with the Falcons, nothing is guaranteed. So we'll just have to see exactly how it plays out week one. But I I would expect us to come out with a dub against the Panthers, and I'll be a little disappointed if that
0: doesn't happen. Yeah, we have open expectations and also specific ones like we'll see what the record ends up being but like come on and like come out strong and beat the panthers you know all right getting out of the nfc south we're going to what used to be the nfc least um and we're going to talk about the giants so daniel jones took a big step up last year i felt um and Now he has an added weapon in Darren Waller. Uh, That should be interesting. They went ahead and drafted John Michael Schmitz. He should immediately slot in as their starting center um, in between tackles Andrew Thomas and Evan Neal. And really like their defense as well, like obviously Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams, um, Kayvon Thibodeau, they've got a good defensive lineup there. And then... They went ahead and drafted Deontay Banks, uh, the corner out of Maryland that I was really high on. Like looking up and down their roster, like there are spots that I would see improve, like uh receiver, for example. Um, Darius Slayton, Paris Campbell, Isaiah Hodgins, like these are they're okay players, but like they're they're really lacking that like big um uh, like big time threat at the receiver position but this was a team that was really starting to click last year at times um a team that can very well take that next step forward this year especially on the ground um definitely a team with potential at 18 we do have them in the lower half of the league and long shot therefore seems like the right tier to put them into but if you're a giants fan then like, you've got to feel good at least about where this team is headed. You know, even if you don't have Super Bowl aspirations this year, uh, at least it's, like, kind of starting to come together in positive ways.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, Brian Dable did a great job in his first year there. Um, I think he's – def like, the Giants are definitely on the upswing for sure. And, you know, you mentioned the receivers – it's almost like they have a bunch of like third or fourth string receivers all on the same team. Like they all would be fine if they were expected to be the third or fourth best receiver in a receiver room, but they're all kind of like that. So it's just going to be tough. Although Darren Waller, I do expect to be the number one target for them. Um, you know, they made it to the playoffs last year, surprisingly. Obviously they didn't go anywhere, but like <laughs> that's, a, that's a, a really big step. And you know, Daybull definitely seems to be the the coach for the future for them, and the the arrows pointing up. So, even though we have them in the long shots, like I could definitely see them potentially making the playoffs again this year. Moving on to the Broncos at number seventeen, so we're kind of getting more towards the higher end of the long shots now. Uh, the Broncos are in a really interesting spot, one of the more interesting teams in the league, I think. After Russell Wilson's down year last year, Sean Payton coming in after um, you know some time off of off from coaching, I have no idea really what to expect from the Broncos. Other than I can see it happening, I can see Russell Wilson having a bit of a revitalized year. You know, Sean Payton coming in and and really kind of turning that ship around. I could also see Russell Wilson just kind of being done. And Sean Payton being a little bit rusty and not having enough pieces to work with. So I think it could really go either way for them. Like we mentioned, the division is tough with the Chiefs and the Chargers. Their you know, their backs are up against the wall, probably hoping for a wild card spot, uh, if you're the the Broncos. And not to mention all of their receiver injuries. You know, I feel really bad for Tim Patrick. He's gonna be out for the year again, uh, which he was you know, had a pretty severe injury last year too. Uh, Jerry Judy is struggling with an injury as well. KJ Hamler had some like non, I can't remember what it is, but some non football ailment that meant that, you know, he, he has to take a break from playing football as well. So it's just, it's pretty tough for them at the receiver position, which obviously is not what you want. If you're trying to get Russell Wilson back into, um, you know, how he used to be and how he used to play. So I really do think, like I said, it could go either way with the Broncos, Um, So we're kind of in that middle ground of they're in the long shots, but kind of more up there because there is probably a little bit higher upside.
0: We have them at 17. So when you say like it could go either way, you know, our numerical ranking really reflects that, you know, um, ambiguity there. Um, Their offensive line last year was bad, but not as bad as it looked. Weirdly, like Russell Wilson took the second most sacks, even though he was pressured. Like I think thirteenth most. So, like what ended up happening was like it wasn't that the offensive line was particularly bad. He couldn't escape anything. Like the mobility is not what it used to be. Uh, the uh, the craftiness not what it used to be. And so, definitely some concerns there that this is not. He has the the name Russell Wilson, but this is not the same Russell Wilson. And so he would have to have a big turnaround year and prove that last year wasn't the new normal, but an aberration. And that's kind of where I'm sitting. Garrett Bowles is going to be back. He only played five games last season, so he should be a welcome uh, addition or um, re-addition to that offensive line. But up in the air is, I think, the best way we can describe the Broncos at this time. So 17 really does feel right to me. And then at 16, so like the other right in the middle of the league, this is the Cleveland Browns. And I feel like every year when we do the tier list, the Browns are one of the ones that we stop and and really have to think about the most. Because consistently, it seems, they'll have a good roster on paper. But they're still... I mean, jokes aside, they're still the Browns, you know? Like, at some level, they have to eventually prove it. It's hard to put them much higher than this when we can't point to a time where we're like, yes, it is this season and this roster that makes us really believe that the Browns are just one step away from really competing. It's always It always seems to be, team looks good, but will they play to it? We don't know. And so... Long shot, yeah, technically you could win the Super Bowl this year. The roster seems built to do so. Uh, Nick Chubb, maybe the best running back in the NFL right now. Uh, Deshaun Watson, asshole. Also really talented at throwing a football. Amari um, Cooper should be a fun weapon for him to throw to. I, But we need to see it. We We can't just look at this team. We've made that mistake before, you know, looking at the team and just going, Oh ah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> they're built to win now. I
1: agree. I mean, I like Kevin defense as a head coach. I think the Browns, they they do need to prove it. That's, that's it. I mean, talent alone, they're definitely higher than this, but we can only, you know, it's not just about what's on paper. It's also about the intangibles. It's about the history. It's about, you know, teams, players showing that they can come through in, in big moments. And unfortunately, the Browns just have not been able to come over that hump. So we'll just have to see. I am intrigued to see Miles Garrett and Zadarius Smith both rushing the both rushing the passer because I think having a guy like Zadarius Smith could unlock Miles Garrett even more which is a scary proposition. Um so yeah, I mean, we'll just have to see about the the Browns, but if we're being honest, like the Steelers, the Ravens, the Bengals, the AFC North is <laughs> once again, that's a really tough division and we have the Browns actually ranked as the lowest team in that uh in that division. Now it's it's going to be pretty close between a, a few of them, but it's, it's tough. Um, it's tough to be in Cleveland. I guess I could just stop there, uh, but, but yeah. Um, and I, that honestly segues really well into the highest of our long shots, which is the Steelers. Uh, a lot of the, what I just said about the, uh, the division remains true. They still have the Ravens to contend with. They still have the Bengals to contend with, obviously. So that's pretty tough. And, uh, you know, Kenny Pickett coming into his second year, there's definitely potential there. I really like George Pickens. Uh, I think Deontay Johnson is fine. Allen Robinson they signed. I'm not expecting too much from him, but if he's your third or fourth string receiver, you're not doing too bad. Um, the offensive line, again, not great. Um they need to improve this year to help Kenny Pickett really uh, take that next step. I think, and we already know about the defense. The defense is going to be good because that's just what the Steelers do. Um, they still have Cam Hayward there, obviously, um, and Minka Fitzpatrick on the back end, TJ Watt. Like they've got those players that can really make a difference. Like I, you know, keep referring to. So, and Mike Tomlin, of course. They're going to be in it, they're going to be at least, if not, you know, weighing the division because of the Bengals, at at least in
0: that conversation for the wild card,
1: like they seem to be every year.
0: Yeah, you know how earlier I was saying about Mike Evans, like he gets a thousand yards every year. And maybe that'll stop eventually, but I'm not gonna be the one to predict it. Yeah, the Steelers haven't lost their division. Like as in come in fourth out of four, since 1999. They still haven't had a losing record under Mike Tomlin. And those are two things that I'm not going to bet on happening. So I do feel safe, even if it doesn't end up being the Browns, I do feel safe not putting the Steelers at the bottom of that division. Kenny Pickett's tiny hands notwithstanding. Like, just give the ball to Najee Harris. I'm sure he can handle that just fine. Now, I do like what the Steelers have on their roster, plus the coach. Uh, big Mike Tomlin fan here. Uh, they did end up drafting Joey Porter Jr. Love it, even if they did do it later than I thought they were going to. Um, yeah, roster top to bottom. It, I mean, it looks good. I, unlike the Browns, I believe in this team and the culture and the coach. I don't. I wouldn't put money on them winning the super bowl, but long shots does feel like the right spot there
1: for sure. And so that's going to wrap up our first segment, uh, or I guess our first episode of covering the tier list. So we went through all of the no shots and the long shots, um, you know, covering all the teams that either this is, you know, rebuilding year or just a down year or ones that maybe have a shot. And in the next episode, we're going to cover all of the hopefuls, contenders, and favorites and really get into, um, you know, the exciting teams to, to watch this year uh, in the NFL. So we look forward to seeing you over there. So we're looking forward to continuing to discuss, um, you know, the rest of the teams, the hopefuls, the contenders, and the favorites, and really get into some of the exciting teams to watch here in this upcoming NFL season. So we will be back with you on Saturday. Um, the day before, you know, the bulk of the games are played. So we're looking forward to that.
0: Yeah, and that means we'll have the three higher tiers uh, to get into, you know, the really exciting stuff, who's really probably going to be competing. So tune back in in just two short days for that. But until then, this has been Mike. This has been Dave, and you've been listening to the Mike and Dave Podcast.